0: You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One.
1: Shut it down! Hi, I'm John Taffer. You probably know me because I've rescued thousands of bars, hundreds of them on TV. That's your future broken! I'm also a best-selling author, and I've owned and operated a bunch of other businesses. But now, I'm here on Podcast One with my new show, No Excuses. I only yell at calls. Every Tuesday, I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm giving you all things Bar Rescue, insider peaks of what's going on on the set, current events and topics you care about, with in-your-face analysis, and you know how straight I can be. And I'm going to have unforgettable guest interviews with the world's most interesting people. And I'm going to ask them the questions that nobody else has ever asked them. And yes, sometimes I can be a bit of an ass, But I'm going to shut it down every Tuesday and make no excuses. It's going to be the number one show here on Podcast One. Listen to it every Tuesday on PodcastOne.com, on the Podcast One app, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember, rate and review it, or I'm going to shut you down.
2: get it on. Got to get it on. No choice, but to get on mandate, get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. We love that about you. We love that you uh, listen to CarCast. I'm Adam Kroll. It's Matt the Motorator, DeAndre over there. Hello. What's going on, man? Oh, you know, getting ready for some travel,
0: some car stuff, and... Uh Swap the starter on the M3 so that's running, not the supercharger, you know, just that's still, still.
2: yeah. I saw you doing that uh last week. <clears throat> aluminum bolts,
0: yeah, on the starter.
2: I'm trying to think of, I mean, I love this is why I love BMW and German cars. Yeah, aluminum bolts, it's not a sales point, no, um. It's sort of unnecessary, except for there's a dissimilar metal thing where the bolt, if it was steel, would be going into an aluminum bell housing, but every car does that. Yeah. So all a Nissan 240Z has iron bolts or steel bolts going into aluminum bell housing, so it's not a dissimilar metal situation. There is a weight savings of not much seems like there's other ways you for can save some extra, weight extra right yeah you got a moonroof in the car you could shave <laughs> right? a couple hundred pounds off the roof <laughs> you could take a dump before you drive uh, it right. that's about the same <laughs> right so and it seems like a needlessly expensive i'm i'm guessing there's some something with the heat cycling or something i don't know but they don't
0: Uh, If I remember this correctly, they don't screw into the bell housing. They go through it, then they screw into the starter. The starter's threaded. Oh, they go
2: through the bell housing, and they go through an aluminum bell housing and into an aluminum starter base.
0: Yeah, that's threaded. That's threaded. There's not a bolt on the
2: back. Right, so it's aluminum, aluminum, and aluminum. Yeah, but still,
0: <laughs> it seems weird.
2: Well, that it seems was, a uh, little
0: on the fragile side of things. But it fires up and it runs, and the and not, I'm working on the supercharger. The the
2: um, the uh, car. The 935 is off to England. We're going to be off to England soon. We'll keep you guys posted. We got uh, we got an invite not only to the Saturday Night Gala, but the more exclusive party at the manor on friday I, night i like that me and you buddy nice so we got that uh we're gonna call in and talk to tommy kendall tk anyone yeah. knows anything about cars knows about tommy kendall i was tommy. just at an
0: event with him as well and uh he's doing he's doing great but one of his cars or we, we we think it was confirmed it was his car went up for auction recently and I, it went for crazy money, so I started texting him right away. Uh, I think it was on Sunday, and then one thing led to another I was like why don 't you just call into the show and let 's have this discussion because i I love to get to the bottom of of what 's going on with this um it should be uh, It should be pretty interesting, but I believe he 's like off in Texas. He caught a flight to Texas this morning to do something with a m g he 's always out driving and doing t v shows and all kinds of stuff
2: yeah the The other so what what happened, and we'll get into this with Tommy, when you have race cars, and the race cars are what sort of comprises the bulk of your collection, you're always... It's not... All right, hold on. <laughs> it's not about greed. It's about being curious and being awake and wanting to know like where the market is for things. For instance, yeah. I have a house... I have a warehouse. If a warehouse comes up for sale down the street, I always want to know what they're asking per square foot because I want to get an accurate gauge of where I'm at. Yeah, and It's not because I'm greedy and it's not because I'm selling my warehouse. I'm just involved. I want to know. And if the house up the street from where I live is going up for sale, I want to know how much per square foot. Like I'm very interested in that part of life.
0: Right now, but that's why we watch Bear Jackson auctions all day for three days at a time, and and go to all the auctions in Monterey. We just like to know what those cars are going for, what's happening.
2: Now, if you want a BMW Z8, then I can tell you between a buck eighty and two twenty, like right in there. Sorry yeah. for knocking over that marker. It Depends on how many miles and blah blah blah. And if you tell me you you got a Dino Ferrari, I'll tell you 350 to $450. Or sorry, it could be chairs and flares or whatever. If you tell me a Daytona Ferrari, I'll tell you 575 to 650 right now. And it, there's just a market, and that's just what it is, and it's no different than the condo down the street. Pretty easy to figure out what a 1,200-square-foot unit is going for in that department by checking comps. In the race car department, no comps. Right. Or very few comps and really just wild guesses on what cars could be worth or what the estimate should be if you brought them to auction or what have you. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars, like, one way or the other. Nobody knows. You, yeah, you nobody could knows. never imagine a split-window 63 Corvette, and you'd just be hundreds of thousands of dollars, like, one way or the other. Like, you, you could never... No, that wouldn't happen. You could never do that.
0: But, in the, like you're saying, in the race car world, there are, there are no... Direct comps, for the most part, there are no direct comps because even if you had two very similar cars, the racing history does play a fact. You know, if you have one that won Sebring and Daytona, and the other one didn't win anything, that does change the price a little bit. But it, but it gets you a little closer. So you, the comps are never really like a direct comp. It's just a, a, a baseline, if you will, to to kind of get an idea of, of a car, but there are still plenty of race cars. Well, if you have no idea, well,
2: I mean, look no further than the Ferrari GTO, the one that sold for 70 K or 70 million. So we think big difference out of the (laughs) the UK, um, I was thinking UK, uh, out of the UK, 70 million. Yeah. Okay. That's $70 million for one GTO. They made, I guess, 36 of them. Um, there, there's a, there's one that sold at the Quail about three, two, three years ago. The guy who owned it died. It like crashed on the first lap at Lamar or something like that. Remember that kind of story? Okay. And I think the thing went for like 19 or 23 or something like that. Now, uh, that was a few couple of years ago. Do you remember that car?
0: Yeah, but I'm also kind of thinking of what are the biggest auctions of now, all time. The,
2: the point is, is there there is such a thing as you picking up a Ferrari GTO for a paltry twenty five million dollars, probably, and there's such a thing as you paying seventy million dollars yeah. for a GTO. <laughs> so what's the difference? One has a bunch of history; the other doesn't yeah. have history.
0: Well, there was an article that came out maybe this past yearish. And it wasn't a car for sale, but it was an article saying, if I ever sold this Ferrari, it'd be upwards of $100 million. It was something like the most expensive Wait, car. you want me to call my dad and just ask him what he wants <laughs> yeah. for the car?
2: <laughs> I'll, get him on the, I'll get the old man on the blower. <laughs> he doesn't like talking money on the air, but he'll he'll, he'll send me a text.
0: Well, right. Yeah, no, I, I got it. Not on the air.
2: <laughs> oh, hold on. Do you say... Uh, did you say your wife's Honda CRV, or did you say Ferrari <laughs> 250
0: Ferrari. GTO? Oh, yeah, I Ferrari. thought you said beige CRV. I, I, I'm sure, like, w- whenever Front it came out a, a year ago, if you Googled, like, most expensive, $100 million Ferrari, there'd be, like, an article that says... It was a weird article, because when it came out, everyone's like, "Somebody's selling this? And it's like, no, it's just a guy who had an article written about his car. He said it would be worth $100 million if he decided to sell it.
2: Gary, also <laughs> look up the quail from, like, Say uh, Bonham, I think it was Bonham's at Quail. Could looks have like been 2000. Have, yeah. yeah,
3: looks like 2014 one sold, uh, 38, 38 Down million. Right.
2: Yeah, now that sounds like too much for the one I'm talking about. Although okay. that I think that was wasn't the previous like record. That wasn't at Pebble Beach, was it?
3: This says it was at the uh, the Bonham's Quail auction. Oh, yeah. Now I'm confused. August 14th, 2014, 1963 Ferrari 250 GTO. Uh, final sale uh, US 38.115, including the buyer's premium. Right. So I was that guy, thinking about that the guy $38 million. His wife was
2: freaked out about the $38 million bucks Is probably pretty happy about the <laughs> $70 million that the one sold for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, Gary, this would have been a few years later, a year or two later, and maybe it was at RM. But this is the but anyway, I think this is the quail car you are thinking of. Well one you can read on, but the the one the stories I remember it is the car was sort of haunted, one of the drivers died and it didn't fetch what they thought. Or maybe they, maybe I screwed up. Maybe they thought it was going to get 50 million bucks, and it got 38, and everyone was yeah. devastated. Maybe that was it.
0: If you anyway. read the description, see if there's a ghost involved.
2: Yeah, see if there's a guy. ghost. Or Mrs. Muir. <laughs> like All that. right, so when are we going to talk to Kendall? Uh, yeah, we can give him a call. You All know, right, let's I'll go t- ahead call, and call. call Tommy Kendall. Let me tell you about the Brush Hero. No more backaches or wet, scraped-up knuckles. 100%. Water-powered, no batteries or electricity. That would be dangerous. Nothing like that's required. Just a standard garden hose. Starter set comes with two brush heads. A soft one for the sensitive surfaces like the paint and the chrome. A tough one for the serious muck of life. Extensive line of accessories to uh, clean virtually anything. Boats, barbecues, yard tools, patio furniture, RVs. Yeah. Great gift for Father's Day next year. <laughs> uh, you know what? Get yourself a gift. Get Hey, dads, just get yourself this thing. Get yourself a real gift. Yeah. Forget the quiche and the mimosas. Get right? yourself something You're never going to wear
0: that tie. Get the never going to wear
2: that tie with the stupid Model A's on it. You don't like Model A's. <laughs> gift sets for every budget. I like when people think you like cars. They think you like all cars. Yeah. So here's the tie with the Model A's on it, but you don't like Model A's. (laughs) That's like,
0: oh, I love it. It's like saying,
2: oh, you like football. Here's a team that you don't root for. Yeah. No. Amazon, you can get this thing at Amazon, Costco, Walmart. You can buy direct at BrushHero.com. Or you can get 10% off your entire order when you use the code CARCAST. Plus, order's over 40 bucks Ship for free. It is... uh, Brush Hero. All right, so we'll talk... So the reason we were talking... About wanting to talk to Tommy Kendall is he has cars. He added a car. He's won four Trans Am championships in the the 90s. His car, allegedly from 96 Roush, a 1995 Roush Mustang came up for sale. We'll bring Tommy on the uh, line. Tommy. Hey there.
3: Hey, man. Hey, buddy. How are you? All good. I'm actually at Circuit of the Americas here. It's uh, mainly driving Academy stuff, but exciting, uh, exciting weekend at the auction.
2: Yeah. Why? Yeah. You are on brand. You're at the uh, Coda as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a there's a Roush Mustang, a 95 Mustang. Um, w- we're curious about it because a two-frame Trans Am car. I have a lot of 80s two, two-frame t- Trans Am cars and a little bit one into the 90s. And I was curious what these cars were going for, but we couldn't figure out whether it was your actual car or not at the beginning.
3: Well, that, it was funny. It was my first sort of glimpse into that world and and, and the scramble um, to figure things like this out. Um, I had lost track of that car, the 95 car, and, uh, and so basically it's, it's it's, it's no wonder that stuff gets lost because basically uh, Mike Dingman, who was my teammate in the 90s, uh, board member at Ford, and then when he stopped racing a couple years later, like in 99, he called Roush and wanted his old car. They had sold his car to South America. And I, I think they didn't want to tell him, so they said, hey, we'll send it to you. So they sent him this one. Thankfully, um, and so he thought he was buying his old car. It's a little odd that, you know, not, not the – of smoke, but it's a little like painting over I mean, there's only two championship all-sport Mustangs in existence, and they basically painted over it and so it it might have never been figured out, but the invoice did say chassis number 32 and there was all kinds of scrambling to confirm because they couldn't find it actually on the chassis anywhere and I was playing a little bit of poker because I was actually hoping to buy it, but I knew I couldn't afford it if it, the word got out and so I told my crew chief, keep your mouth shut I'm going to keep my mouth shut, but they he eventually cracked and told him it definitely is chassis thirty two. Told him how to find the serial number, and then it was on between the collectors.
0: <laughs> so well, wait, a- So RM called you like Tommy. Can you confirm this car? Be like Tommy, who? What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, let's just see how it plays out. <laughs> well, Tommy, <laughs> um, sandbag at his auction so he could buy his car cheap. Well, it was funny? <laughs> so we we were
2: reading the description of the car, and it had a three to four hundred dollar estimate. Thousand. Oh, I keep screwing that. Up. I keep rounding down today. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, you, sh- you guys do the math. If I say yeah. three to four hundred dollars for a, a Roush Mustang, <laughs> a Mustang, a we do, we do, Trans Am history. We what we so uh, three to four hundred thousand. Um, and but it, but but the wording was very peculiar. Like may have been used. As it was in, believed in to be Tommy driven Kendall's. by Tommy
0: Kendall, and, right. And right. we were,
2: we kept asking
0: ourselves, like, well. Tommy lives in L.A. where RM is. Like, How do they not know this? How do they not reach out and confirm and make some calls?
3: Well, it turns well, out was... it, it, it's even funnier than that because I had heard from my crew chief, and I think it was from a guy that was involved in the guy that eventually bought it. He said, I think your car is being auctioned. We're going up there to buy it. And so I, I actually knew a Sotheby's guy. I said, hey, I, I heard that maybe one of my cars is being auctioned. He came back. He says, nah, there's a Trans Am car, but it's not the one you're looking for. Well, right. somehow, I think the word was starting to get out, and people were asking. And so then once I looked at the pictures online, and that car has three adjustable sway bar handles. And yes. that was the giveaway to me, because no other cars had that. I said to Biggs, I said, I think this is the car. He said, I think you're right. Oh, and so I kind of went silent at that point, And they're like, our research is covering. We don't know for sure. We think. And so... They were short of absolute until the very end, the day the day before, um, and my and Danny the Dingman's actually called a guy that used to be on the team. He called Danny, and Danny felt like he had to tell him, and he said, "If you if you look at the top of the roll hoop, lift the deck lid off the very top of the roll hoop, you'll see a thirty two stamped in there." And so I was trying to sneak my weak hand through. So I registered the bid. But, I mean, I literally never even got my mouth open and it failed past what I could afford. So uh, it, it was it was kind of fun. If I couldn't have it, I wanted it to bring a record, which it did. This, I,
0: it's funny that the RM guy was like, would ever say, this isn't what you're looking for, hangs
2: off, <laughs> click. Uh, well, you know, it's funny. I looked at the car online, too, and I stared at the three roll bar adjustments because all of my cars have Two roll bar. They all use the same setup with the adjustable roll uh, sway, bar. sway bars. Yeah. I'm screwing everything up there. Yep. Adjustable sway bars, and I stopped on that picture and I went three, and I just kept looking uh-uh. at it and I go front, rear. What's the third one for? <laughs> and I've studied them on, on my car. I'm scared to touch them. I just that put one in just the lowers the seat because Tommy's so <laughs> tall. What, what does the third
3: one do, Tommy? Basically, to explain to people the way they have an adjustable sway bar is there's a blade on one end, and when that blade is vertical, it's very rigid, so the sway bar is stiff. And when you turn it flat, it flexes easily, and now the sway bar is soft. What we did is we put an adjustable blade on both sides. Most adjusters only have a blade on the one side and a solid bar on the other side. We put... So, it, it basically, the difference between stiff and... And soft is the same, but it just gave you a little bit more adjustment. And Jesus. so the way I used my front bar, um, I had sort of a system. The, the rear bar I used to counteract the fuel load changing, because that's where the, the the rear bar roll stiffness, where the weight of the fuel was in the back. And the front I used to keep up with the, tire, the rear tires going off. Mm-hmm. And so I liked having more adjustability. And so, so that's how how that works. The three blades, and uh, but that was the giveaway for me. And uh, and I talked to the of you guys afterwards. He said we knew we had something when we had people calling in and saying, "Oh no, that's definitely a fake." He said people don't do this if they're not interested. They don't they don't try to throw people off track. They don't do any of this. stuff. Yeah. So it was, it was it was a cool glimpse into that world. Like I said, I basically just clammed up. I just stopped responding to emails and all that stuff, hoping I could. <laughs> And then I heard some of the people through the grapevine. I called Bruce Meyer, and and he he told me I, it's not fair for me to say who ended up with the car. I think it's not a huge secret, and once he takes it out, people will know who who it is. But it's not for me to out him, so to speak. Um, but when I heard this guy, who's a big Ford collector, was there, I said, "Well, he's going to get it. How much he has to pay for it will determine if anybody else is there." Yeah. And somebody else showed up and uh, and kept him seriously honest.
2: Well, it was a, it was a roller coaster of emotions for me, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. But uh, first, uh, a little uh, inside baseball with Tommy Kendall. Where should I set my sway bar if I'm going doing a ten lap race at uh, Laguna Seca for the Monterey Historic? Are you starting with a f- Full tank of fuel. I'm going to work that into the question. <laughs> okay. Yeah, should I start with f- uh, with more fuel than I need? Do I want more weight over the rear end? And where should my sway bar be adjusted?
3: Well, absolute rule: you never want more weight than you need. Right. If you're doing it to help the balance, you should try to fix the balance some other way because you got to accelerate that weight, you got to stop the weight. You right. always now if you can't fix the balance any other way, and fuel helps it, great. But you'd be better off trying to shift. The range, like with going, if it's loose and the weight and the extra fuel helps it, maybe a little bit more front spring, a little bit less. I would never know the difference. That's (laughs) that's my
2: point. I will put as much fuel as it takes for me not to run out of gas. And then where should I set those sway bars? But
0: our luck, you'd be hundred feet short
2: right. every time. I'll put a little extra in there. Where would you it's, set it?
3: It's a pure, it's a pure balance thing in that shorter race. A ten lap race, you don't have to worry about a hundred miles. The tires going off a ton. So right. basically, I would you would just adjust it. You know, if it's if it's loose, you either soften the rear or stiffen the front. Mm-hmm. If it's understeering, you either soften the front or stiffen the rear. So in that shorter race, they sh- they should just be a balanced tool for what to get it. Feeling like you want
2: it. I'm just going to put them in the race, middle.
3: <laughs> put <him> in the <laughs> <laughs> and Put some put, zip
2: ties on yeah, them. <laughs>
0: Do not touch. Do not alter. Per Tommy Kendall.
3: <laughs> I will tell you a reverse story about how I learned how to tune mm. those bars in my very first Trans Am race at Long Beach in 1987. I was driving. My dad had a, bought an old Tom, Gle- Tom Gloy Capri, mm. and I hadn't done any races with big power. I'd only raced the RX-7 at that point, which didn't. Abuse the rear tires this way, and so I had the thing set up so it was really neutral, you know, the full tank of gas. And at the start, I was all over Scott Pruitt in the factory Mercure, and I'm like, God, look at how much understeer he has! That I, I've got him. Right. Then I realized why he had so much understeer because ten laps in, I was hanging on, and right. I had I was out of adjustment on the sway bar. So that's you know, when you get a little bit more into uh, the feel of the car and the setup, I basically knew in the final practice with a full fuel load where I wanted those bars. So I had most of my adjustment one way because it usually always went one way as the track got flicked and the tires wore. I'd like a little adjustment the other way in case something changed. but I, So that was sort of the, the goal was to have the bars set this way so I'm I've got a lot more adjustment the way I think it's going to go and maybe a little bit the other way just in case.
2: Well, as long as it didn't happen until the 11th lap of the race, <laughs> then we don't need to talk <laughs> anymore about sway bars.
3: <laughs> the, I, I think you're, you should focus on driving. There's bigger gains from you to being comfortable and and just focusing out that way. Too.
2: I concur. The, uh, so how the auction went down is I said to uh, Matt, we had been looking at this car and trying to kind of figure out, well, where's this thing going? And we've been to the Roush Museum and saw the Nobody's Fool, uh, Paul Newman, uh, the one you drove with Newman, right, at Daytona? Yep. yep. Yeah. The guy's won your class there, right? Yep. And we thought, well, that's an interesting piece. And we even reached out to Roush, I think, to try to buy it, but I don't think he's interested in he selling said, it. He
0: said, thank you, but no thank you.
2: So Thanks for no thanks. And I'm sure he's happy about that decision now. So we were looking at your car, although we weren't sure it was your car. My, we were pretty positive we're, it wasn't because anytime somebody says oh, it, been, it's believed maybe. to have been Tom, yeah, yeah, you know TK's right.
0: car, we're like, eh, I feel like we should know that.
2: Yeah, yeah. My dad may have banged Raquel Welch in the sixties. <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> I'm going to go with no. <laughs> but Tommy. <laughs> I but I said to Matt, Matt's very dutiful but not in this particular instance. I said, "Matt, we should be on top of this auction because it's no reserve." Yeah. And there's some yeah. question marks floating around this car, and if this car goes for a buck 35, we want to be there. Yeah. And yep. so, when the auction went off, I turned it on on my computer. And the guy got on the mic and he said, we have 100% confirmed this is Tommy Kendall's championship car from 1996. And I was like, well, that's 95. 95." I I said, that is not what it says in the book. I I feel like
0: they should have come with a little more lead time on that one. Yeah,
2: he's like, (laughs) we confirmed it. We're up all night. It's his championship car. Let the bidding begin. And I was like, oh, that's different. Now what's going on? That thing cr- got to buck fifty and kind of stalled at about a buck fifty. It stopped for a long period of time. It's no reserve, and the guy was starting to count it down. He's like, "Come on, one seventy-five. Come on, people!" And they're like, "Hmm." And I was like, oh, my God. And then I started getting mad at Matt because now it's his actual championship car. And it was going to go for buck fifty. And then I thought, oh, the rest of my collection just dropped 80%. This is horrible. Yeah. And then at some point it picked back up again. But it was a long pause in there. And then it got to 720 all in. Oh a new record, uh, so we hear. And uh, Tommy, it must have been nice. They kept throwing your name around. Come on. This is a great Tommy Kendall's car.
0: It doubled the estimate. I mean, it was just fantastic.
3: Well, it's funny. I I knew this is the first time because the all sport cars were were the iconic car of that generation. And I my Beretta that Canopus sold a couple times has the had the old high water mark for that era car. He actually got five fifty for that. So there was an indication that for whatever reason my cars were bringing decent money. And so I said, if that brought five fifty, this if there's if there's two if if people know and the word's out that it's the real car, this should bring more. And uh and so yeah, I I registered so it, it wouldn't fall through the cracks. And I I was gonna go to two hundred and then literally because I was busy all this week, I said, if I win this, actually arranging trans I said I literally functionally probably can't do it. And so I said, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go to one twenty five and it went past that and then it was stalled at one fifty, I'm like, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh and then it then it started rocking and rolling and it went
2: fast yeah, from I so
0: love it. It,
3: was, it was fun.
2: Tommy, let's give Tommy a plug. We know when he's in the middle of business. I'm gonna also um I tell you if this auction went on
0: Sunday, Tommy, you should put everything you own on eBay on Monday' because <laughs> Tommy Kendall's hot right now. Tommy Kendall memorabilia is hot right now
2: oh his his crab comb could go for triple digits online. <laughs> Hey Tommy, uh, just because I was walking, I was—we were talking about you. I was walking with Matt through my neighborhood in La and and I said to Matt, "I think Tommy Kendall like lived on this street. Like I walked my dog around. Your old street was what street in La
3: Cunata? I lived on Berkshire. That house is worth more after the auction. Um, <laughs> seven three eight, seven three eight Berkshire was my uh, was my childhood home, corner of Berkshire and Commonwealth.
2: I knew it. I was walking. I'm going to look that up. I was walking right past there. I was talking to Matt. I said, "I said, Tommy used to live right up in here."
0: I was going to say, "Bring up Zillow right now and see how much we lost on that one too." (laughs) (laughs) He'll
2: never stop crying. (laughs) And Tommy paid me the finest compliment uh, any uh, in my professional career. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Jimmy Kimmel's called me a genius, and that that was a C plus. Yeah. But Tommy Kendall said. When we do these driving shows, everyone talks until they get loose, and then they shut up. They said, you just keep talking. (laughs) Keep talking.
3: (laughs) Tommy, are you doing any racing? Go ahead, Tommy. Actually, while we're on that subject, you you gave me the best insult I've ever gotten. (laughs) And it it was part of your shtick. And the first time we were filming a show, and you said, you know what I like about you, Kendall? I said, after I insult you, you limp back to your your one-bedroom apartment in Van Nuys. And I thought that was so hysterical. And then we were on a radio show, and I was recounting that, and you said, I'm kidding, it's two bedrooms and it's Sherman Oaks.
2: I upgraded (laughs) you.
3: You're this close to Valley Village. get this though I own two properties in Santa Monica one in the canyon and one next to the Fairmont but I live in a rent controlled one bedroom apartment on Ocean Avenue I was nice. just telling my wife I said I need to tell Adam that so his his <laughs> prophecy came true it's a really nice one bedroom with an ocean view but it's a one bedroom rent controlled apartment
2: alright and that's how he has the money to bid on his own car TK are you going to do any racing any racing coming up you know
0: up? Uh, I felt like the other night when we were talking you were Jones going to get back into a car
3: You know, I'm not jonesing. The only thing I would like to do, I I don't like the multi-driver stuff where I can share a seat, never comfortable. Too tall. I want to do single-driver stuff. So if I could, and Paul Tracy has actually dabbled in a few TA2 Trans Am races. So Trans Am 1 or Trans Am 2, I would do that for fun. And so I've been talking with PT about it a little bit. There's no real serious plans in place. I'm going to do, I'm going to try to get my RX-7 ready for Monterey next year. Uh, so so that'll be my first vintage outing in my own car. So, you know, uh, not working hard on it, but, uh, a few things in motion. And and if the right thing happened for a one driver, Paul's like, we need to go run Daytona. You need to line up a Mercedes. I said, I don't want to do three drivers, big team. I said, I said, it's cool, but it's, I said, I don't want to do that. I said, if if I can do single driver, fun stuff like Trans Am or TA2, I'd do it.
2: I did a Trans Am 1 race uh, last year. So if you need any advice. I'll just tell you, start in Trans Am (laughs) 2 or 3. Kind of get comfortable. Work your way. And just kind of work your way up. Yeah. Work my way up. If you want me to go down to Willow with you and kind of show you a couple of the... Lines.
0: If you need any sway bar advice, feel yeah. free to call back into the show. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. I, 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 was think, try- I think I think that was a Freudian slip. I think you can give me roll bar advice. Uh, roll, yeah, bar roll bar advice. advice. <laughs> yeah, I was so
2: stupid with this C7R Corvette. I didn't know that the. I, I literally thought the sway bar adjuster was pneumatic because they put a bung on top of it, and that's where the clear hose for the water, <laughs> for for your water for your drinking system. Yeah. That's so where they kept it. That's it where just, kept it. So it wouldn't flop around. just it
0: it was just a, a bung to and, hold it. And I
2: literally in. just kept staring at, it going, "They got a pneumatic sway bar adjuster. I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> that's it's not, got that's, no fluid in it. <laughs> that seems weird. Th- thanks, Tommy. All right, thanks. We appreciate it. And you can uh, shoot Tommy a uh, tweet or an Instagram at Tommy Kendall 11 He's a good dude, right? Yeah, I like that guy. All right. Let me tell you about uh, Castrol Edge. Mm-hmm. Tech advances made engines uh, smaller, more powerful, more efficient. Efficient. The pressure's up. You got to – they're taking – they need more out of less. So they're taking smaller cubic inch, liter displacement, all that stuff. And they're working it harder with superchargers and uh, turbochargers, and the engine oil is going to have to work harder. And that's why you need Castrol Edge. I also have a really cool Titanium Gamer video, and you guys should check that out at Castrol USA YouTube page. So, um,. Yeah, this car really stalled at a buck fifty, and I was really worried about it. And then it just shot past like six, up to like six sixty or something. I was happy. Yeah, about all that.
0: in with the fees was like seven twenty, and uh, uh, but great for for Tommy Kendall, great for that era of cars and the Trans Am race car. Certainly, everything in your collection, this this helps.
2: Yeah, and helps it's good because it's a value. it's a '90s car, and we have '80s cars, so it's probably yeah, better than a little older. Oh, one ninety four. 94 Yeah, maybe 94 yeah 94 yeah that car there is a little see sometimes the reason i said 96 instead of 95 is cuz i'm used to saying like my car like oh this is uh the newman it's a 300zx it's a it's an it, we, he won he won the 85 championship in it but it's an 84
1: the, right. car's the car's not an, 80. an
2: 85, the championship's 85, the car's 84, and, and you kind of do the math. Yeah. So I was thinking his car was a 95, right? and, and it won he won it in 96. Like yeah. I was doing a math, but I guess it was a 95, and he won in 95, or or maybe it was a 94. I don't know. What's the description say, Gary? And Gary's got some uh, GTO updates for us as, as well. Give us your GTO update first, and tell me if I'm crazy with the $38 million or the something.
3: Yeah, so I'm seeing I'm seeing several articles here that are speculating that it would have that was going to sell for over fifty. Um, but oh. It does appear this is the car because it talks yeah, about it. it, is. it crashing car. in a race in yeah. France. Yeah, this That's is right. there was a crash. This,
2: this is this is my memory. And this is me taking $38 million and going, that was disappointing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for a car. So you because saw it was
0: 19 to... because that was a more disappointing it, number, more realistic disappointing number.
2: I had like 25. <laughs> that bar was 50. Yeah. And it was disappointing that it got to 38. That's what happened. Uh, Which wh-
0: was still basically like a, an auction record. Up to this point,
2: Tommy Kendall's car was that a '95 that won in '95, or was it a '94 that won a '95? You can see what it says in the description, so I guess calling Tommy wouldn't have helped us any. No, he was because he would have sandbagged it. While
0: uh, Gary looks that up, I'll tell you guys about Geico. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a to-do list. You're dropping off dry cleaning, you're picking up some milk, and now you should add save hundreds of dollars of car insurance to that list. You don't have to drop off or pick up anything. You just go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to-do you can do today. Go to Geico.com.
2: All right. So, uh, yeah, we're going to Europe. We're doing a hill climb. We got invited to by, like, I always just say Lord Goodwood, but. He's a uh, Duke of Richmond. The Duke of Richmond invited us to the house. I
0: want. I want someday to be where where you get promoted and you have to change your name for that promotion. Mm. Right? Yeah. Like, like Captain Corolla, but you mm. have to. You know, like, I like he that. was. He was Lord March. And now he's Duke of Richmond and changed his name to, to Richmond, basically.
2: He in, <laughs> he invited us uh, over to the house for an intimate gathering. I like
0: that. I went and got Business all fitted for a little for full suit. I'm going to look good.
2: Uh, also, <laughs> I'm going to wear my fire suit. <laughs> As red. you should. No I'm socks, participating. Though. No socks. <laughs> Flip-flops and fire suits. <laughs> also, it was funny because I saw... One of those, I think it was a Netflix special on the creating of the Jaguar lightweight E-type, whatever, the recreation, the one we're talking about a few years ago. Oh, the
0: XKSS?
2: The nut and bolt recreation of the 60s lightweight
0: XK, whatever. I think they did a couple of both. But the XKSS is the McQueen one that they did a handful of extras.
2: Sorry, this was not that. This was the uh, E-type with the roof. Right. The okay. lightweight. Okay. Gotcha. I don't think they had a lightweight XKSS. Well,
0: I don't think they needed.
2: They didn't need it. I mean, they're all, but they didn't have a lightweight designation. Mm, this right. one's, they had a lightweight version of okay. this car. So they yeah. did this whole rivet for rivet, nut and bolt, nutty recreation of the car, which is really cool. And they're, the ninety-five car. I want to know what year they say the car is, though. But anyway, ninety-five. Oh, it's a ninety-five. That is a ninety-five car. Yeah, and it won in ninety-five. Okay. Oh, I see. Thank you, Gary. Uh, the ninety-five car and one ninety-five. So I was doing a math. Okay. Anyway, uh, the Jag. They did this whole nut and bolt restoration, not restoration, recreation, and it it's good. I like these guys getting into their heritage and their lineage. And, and then they offer these cars for a million bucks. And when you kind of see the work that went into them, it's like, I guess it is worth a million. Yeah. It's worth a million Like bucks if these guys are worth 12 bucks an hour who've been going at it for thousands yeah. of hours. And they're basically all
0: handcrafted. Even if you make one or you make seven or whatever, does, they all got to be done by – there's no assembly yeah, there's line. N- no. It's and, all
2: – And it's really cool and it's really – everything's great. And they have like a continuation serial number, or they have some actual chassis that survive the fire, whatever it is. And look, as a collector, you could buy that car for a million bucks and the real version will be worth seven million and yours will be worth two point five or yeah. or or one eight or whatever in fifteen years. Okay, fine. But they did go to the Duke of Richmond. Oh, yeah. And they got hold of him as part of this doc. And they went and they ran him down at the Goodwood Historics.
0: Okay, I can't wait to st- meet this guy.
2: Yeah, and is that and, and he said, <laughs> he <laughs> said uh, they said to him, "Now you're going to pay a million pounds for this car, whatever it was." Yeah. Okay. Is it welcome at the Goodwood Historics? And he said, "Absolutely not."
1: <laughs> the
2: guy this was car like, is bullshit, <laughs> Bullocks. <laughs> and and the guy was like. It's a million-dollar car. Yeah. It's like, yep, not welcome. Not welcome. Not welcome. Now, I might kind of do the caveat if I was running the show. And after uh, we put down some schnapps or whatever they drink over there, we'll, probably, so we'll have some brandy. Yeah. After I get a few brandies in me, I will <laughs> go up to the Duke and I'll go, look, if I'm running the show, yeah. here's what I do. You may... Enter in your continuation recreation from the Jag factory, uh, this car, as long as I know you have the real car in your possession.
0: Oh, okay. I don't want
2: anyone buying into this show. You got the real car, and the real car is now $7 bucks. And you don't want to race it. And you want to bend this one up? Then you may. You may do this, but not... Not anyone like else. You have to have the real version. Yeah,
0: yeah okay. I'm okay. I like that.
2: All right. I like that, too. We're going to sell this to him. I'm going to get drunk, and I'm going to sell this premise to him.
3: Yeah.
0: I hope when we see him, he's wearing some sort of metal. <laughs> <laughs> some sort of medallion. Something something we can never get.
3: All right.
2: Hit uh, Brush Hero. That's yeah. something we can get.
0: Brush Hero. No more back aches and wet, scraped-up knuckles. The Brush here was 100% water powered. There's no batteries or electricity required, just a standard garden hose. You've heard us talk about it before. It was on Shark Tank. It's like a giant kind of, it kind of reminds me of my electric toothbrush, but for
2: your car. It's smart. Right. And the, totally f- the fact that they power it by a hose is really smart.
0: The starter set comes with two brush heads a soft one for sensitive surfaces like paint and chrome, and a tough one for serious muck. There's an extensive line of accessories to clean virtually anything, boats, barbecues, yard tools, patio furniture. You like RVs. RVs. I would say maybe even a horse. A horse. Possibly a horse if you're into that. Uh, you can get it at Amazon, Costco, Walmart, or you can buy direct at BrushHero.com and get 10% off your entire order if you use the code CARCAST. So it's 10% by using the, card, the code CARCAST plus $40, uh, anything over $40 ships for free.
2: All right. Uh, go to Chassis, C H A S S Y, and uh, pre order uh, Uppity. A lot of good stuff going on with that movie I'll tell you about soon. In Indian Wrecking Crew, which is not only very good, but it's narrate- narrated by Jay Leno. Such a mensch. Many other great offerings there yeah. for you car people.
0: And I'll add this you know, we're going to Goodwood, and we've put together a couple of deals. I think we're allowed to say it now. We're going to be doing a series of videos. Uh, uh, you and you and I I guess um, for uh, for Vero the social media network and for Motor Trend On Demand so if you guys want to see which I believe is going to be a five part series of us at Goodwood you're going to be able to watch that in Motor Trend On Demand as I get more details on that I'll let you guys know
2: all right. Live podcast. Go to com and check out the new website. And lots of pictures of uh, Phil on beach towels and swag <laughs> and cool, fun stuff. And the new website looks great, so we love that. Check out Shift and Steer. You can listen to that on uh, Podcast One and uh, support the show. Yes. Go to the website. Go to carcastshow.com and uh, bookmark us. Click through the Amazon. You guys buy buying a hand cleanser and... Tone air filters and everything. So we'll yeah. mark us. Until next time, I'm Adam Kroll for Matt, the Motorator, DeAndrea saying keep the air in the spare on the bag in the wheel.
0: For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCastShow. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.